0: the shirt that she makes him change into is exactly the same as the shirt that he was already wearing it's just the colors are flipped
1: alex the key difference was it was long sleeve
0: oh was it i didn't notice that
1: an innocent man wears long sleeves And we're back. Hello and welcome to All The Way Through, the podcast journey through the Louis Through Back catalogue to work out if we love him as much as we thought we did. I am joined again by my colleague and friend and co-conspirator, Alex. Hello, Alex.
0: Hello, and you are Matthew Don miles and you have in true spirit of All The Way Through forgotten to say your own name, but that's fine.
1: I'm the least important aspect of this. It's all about Louis (laughs) and his guests.
0: That's true, it's all about Louis. We're back for the second part of When Louis Met, the Hamiltons. For some of you listening, it may seem like we've only been gone for a moment, but it has been some time for us in real time, so we may sound a bit brighter and a bit cheerier.
1: Some real time has passed and my location has changed, but we are back in Battersea, South London, with Louis walking on the rainy streets of London with a duffel bag over his shoulder, heading to meet his old pals, the Hamiltons, for the second time. This is part two. If you maybe missed the first part, please go back and revisit that because this second half won't make any sense without it. But essentially what we saw in the first half was Louis trailing the political couple, the Hamiltons, around their everyday life, which was turning out to be quite boring. Then scandal hits and they are suddenly taken in for questioning related to a sex scandal. And Louis finds himself at the very centre of this scandal.
0: So if you remember from last time, we left a very wine fuelled evening at the Hamilton's flat in London. Maybe she didn't, but I imagine Christine must have had a sore head the next day after all of that. But Louis and his hangover, as you said, are walking the streets. He says the Saturday that followed was taken up by Neil and Christine's interview with the Mail on Sunday that they had arranged about the sex scandal. So there was no filming taking place. And Louis says he was glad for a day of reflection, which is code for I was hanging, mate. (laughs) <laughs> and i needed a lion
1: i needed a cold bottle of lucasade and sit on the sofa for a little bit is what he means there
0: to sit down in the shower
1: So Louis straight away sets out his stall. As much as he's done in this episode so far, he kind of lets his opinions be known about all the accusations against the Hamiltons. He says he's read the papers and he finds the accusations very hard to believe. We roll up to their lovely flat in Plattersea and the press is still waiting outside the Hamilton house, but we find that the Hamiltons are planning to head to their other home in Cheshire, potentially to escape, but I don't think that's the plan. I think they're just enjoying that second house privilege.
0: Louis asks in the flat how the Mail on Sunday interview went and he asks about these posed pictures that were part of the interview. Neil and Christine are sitting on their bed holding onto each other and looking off to the distance.
1: Why did they agree to have the photo on the bed? They're involved in a sex scandal. It seemed like the oddest choice. Hamilton seemed to be willing to be marshaled by the press into doing what they want and this becomes a bigger part of the story as it goes on. But we see them talking about the newspaper headlines. Christine is there in a Mickey Mouse dressing gown furiously ringing round people and we see one of the headlines of a newspaper which says police do you tend swinging parties Christine no that's nonsense on stilts and then we see the kind of double page spread of this and Neil doesn't even make the photos it's all Christine
0: There is an element of, you know, trying to paint her as some terrible woman, which isn't good, but they do seem to invite this element as well with the pictures of them on their bed and little suggestive things that are said both privately, but to Louis, so they're on camera or publicly to the press as well.
1: So Louis clearly seems a little bit snubbed by the Daily Mail and the fact that Christine and Neil have gone down this paid route. And he can see the dollar signs kind of spinning in his eyes as he's talking because he becomes quite interested in asking about how much money they might be making from this. Louis says about the photo shoot on the bed. Can I ask um, whether they paid for that? You can ask. And did they?
2: Mind your own business.
0: Christine says she won't comment on the money element and Louis says something that just made my eyebrows nearly fall off my face.
1: This is me, Christina. I'm not a journalist. I'm a friend. (sighs) This is fascinating. This is the bombshell line that I remember about this before watching it. Is it that Louis has lost himself or was this a ploy to kind of convince them that he's on their side? Either way, that feels like very poor practice.
0: I feel like he's making a joke but that it's not something that he should joke about, especially when he's on camera working as a journalist. But I do feel like he's been caught up in the sort of very bantery back and forth joke atmosphere that Neil especially likes to cultivate.
1: Louis starts talking about Max Clifford again, who they believe is behind these accusations. Apparently, he's been talking to the press and he has referred to the Hamiltons as some sort of pantomime couple. Louis speaks fairly disparagingly about Clifford at this point, which is interesting because obviously eventually they will cross paths in a later when Louis met. But he feels like Max Clifford is just throwing stuff at them and seeing what will stick, essentially.
0: Louis says that it's shocking behaviour from Max Clifford, if this is the case. But Christine says, who cares what Max Clifford says? And then in a quite a funny little moment, the phone rings again immediately in her hand. Hello?
2: Oh, Max, hello.
0: But she's only teasing it's not Max Clifford on the end of the phone.
1: It's only bloody Edna. But that was a very funny line. It was funny. Finally, looking through all the coverage, we see that Louis has made the papers himself with a fairly terrible mugshot.
0: What is that photo? Have they got his like BBC pass photo or something?
1: It's awful. He looks like a criminal.
0: Louis points at his own picture and says,
1: Look at this dodgy character.
0: And then immediately says to Christine, Don't drag me into this, please.
1: And Christine replies, You're in it. And he really is. This privileged access has come with a cost. He is now part of the story.
0: Louis complains that she mentioned him in the police interview, saying that Louis told her what swingers were. She says, well, you did. So he's on legal record as being part of this case.
1: But the fact is, the police transcript is already with the press. And I found a link to this article from the Mail on Sunday in 2001, which has the full transcript of the police conversation i don't know whether you would get through the hamiltons would they have access to that or would the mail on sunday have a police contact
0: this potential that there's been something going on there that shouldn't have been
1: (laughs) yeah the mail on sunday just say they have obtained this exclusively the full humiliation of neil and christine hamilton is laid bare in their tapes of their police interviews So then we get to the shot of all the papers with the Hamiltons on. You see the Mail, the News of the World, the Sun, the Mirror. And it's just really interesting to look at this as a front-page story, which I don't think it would be in the same way now, maybe not quite as much. Especially former MP scandals, not front-page news anymore.
0: I mean, that might be because we're at a point where the political scandals in the UK have gotten extremely out of hand. The Hamiltons are talking about how they're considering suing some of these newspapers for libel because they've said things that they claim are not true about them. But they're still preparing to make another statement to the press. So this is going to continue. It's not going to die down because they're speaking to the press directly. Christine thinks that Neil isn't dressed smart enough for this interview. He comes into the room and she kind of asks Louis for his opinion. Do you think that he's dressed right? And he's wearing what? A short sleeve, stripy shirt and some chinos.
1: It's a pinstripe, short sleeve shirt. And then I don't even think they're chinos. I think they're white jeans.
0: (laughs) So they're talking about what Neil's wearing. And Louis also continuing to ask questions about this potential libel case. So he says, do you hope to make some money out of these libel cases that you might bring? And Neil says...
3: Anybody who goes into libel cases think
0: going to make thinking money. they're going to make money out
3: of them. Obviously doesn't know much about the English law of libel.
0: <laughs> Louis gets very sulky here and mutters... We'll just say no, we don't have to do a big explanation.
1: Dad, God's sake.
0: does seem like he's maybe getting a bit fed up of all of the running round and the not answering the question and coming back to tell him off constantly for asking questions, which is technically his job.
1: I think it's because he is like a dog with a bone with this, they will make money off this line, So they continue this conversation as Christine is then stripping Neil's shirt off him. And then they do a joke where she presents him with another shirt and he goes in hands first the wrong way around. What a joker. It's very odd, the boundaries that they have. And you can see why people get confused about all sorts with the Hamiltons.
0: It's only when he's completely topless that Neil goes, actually, maybe we shouldn't do this in front of the camera. And Christine says, well, we've done it.
1: So Louis again comes back to the money question. Are you going to make any money out of this? And then Christine says, probably not. And then Louis kind of replies, yeah, so possibly. And then she gets frustrated. As I said, probably not. He's obsessed with this and he can't get past it.
0: But they really don't want to come across as money-grabbing, and Louis is still forcing this point. I think that's a big point of tension. To kind of ease the tension, Christine has, again, cracked open a bottle of wine, you know, before that press conference.
1: This is definitely the most boozy Louis documentary we've seen so far. Louis jokes.
3: No one's going to suggest that you trumped up a
1: rape charge against you so that you could make money in an ensuing libel action. And it's very interesting to remember that these couples still have a rape charge hanging over their heads as this conversation is going on. But like the kind of casual way they discuss it is generally quite shocking.
0: It's always very much about how they've been wronged. There's a lack of self-awareness, I think, about the way that they present themselves. They get into the lift to go down to see the press, the three of them, Louis, Christine and Neil. Louis and Christine continue to fuss with Neil's outfit. Louis and Neil, meanwhile, are joking about inviting the press upstairs for a quick orgy, which Christine is really not amused about. So it's funny to see the different ways that they interact with each other and kind of annoy each other in pairs. He kind of plays them off against each other almost, or appeals to them each in the way that they like to be appealed to.
1: This is kind of like what he tried to do with Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee, but maybe less successfully. They kind of stayed as a unit, whereas these two, he can kind of play them off each other. So we come out the lift and we turn the corner and then we see this massive press pack is still there. The camera follows the Hamilton's from behind and then we cut to the Sky News footage. It's so funny. We go from this very kind of laughy and jokey lift session to Neil making a very stern face statement about the person in question hiding behind their anonymity while we, the victims, have our names plastered all over the newspapers. and Christine has her arm round him and kind of places her hand on his neck as he's talking. It's just kind of interesting to watch that switching dynamic and how quickly they can turn that on. They're going back into the flat when suddenly Christine grabs Louis and puts her arms round him. And the cameras, you can see them start snapping away. Christine says, we're taking Louis to Cheshire for the weekend. <laughs>
0: Louis protesting, he's kind of smiling awkwardly, trying to move her arm. He says he doesn't want to be in the photos. But no, Louis's coming to Cheshire, everybody.
1: I've just wrote, Louis, you are fucked. There is no way you can separate yourself from this now. You made your bed and the Hamiltons are very much in your bed.
0: You've made your very plush Jaguar car, and now you must sit in it. Which is where we end up in the next scene. Good segue. As Neil drives Louis and Christine. They're sat in the back, Radio 4 is playing, the presenters talking about Neil's denial of the sex allegations.
1: Part of it is obviously they have to see how it comes across, but there is like this weird obsession with seeing themselves on camera or mentioned in the news that is quite strange. It's a three hour drive, apparently, according to Google Maps from London to Cheshire.
0: Quite a long time, isn't it? It's okay, though, because there's some visual entertainment in the form of a small boy in the back of a car holding up a newspaper with the Hamiltons on the front page and waving as he drives past.
1: Which is fascinating, right? It just shows you that this story is absolutely everywhere. I mean, we talk these days about stories getting out of the Westminster bubble and all this, but this really was like full national news. People were really paying attention.
0: As they pull up to the Cheshire house, it's dark by this point. So like you say, it must have been a bit of a drive. And there are press waiting at the bottom of the drive. Christine says specifically to Neil, slow down and say hi to them. And Louis says that some of these reporters are camped at the bottom of the drive all night. The three of them continue up the drive to a very large country house. Looks lovely. Lots of nice furniture. And it's obviously been very lived in. There's a lot of artwork on the walls and
1: plates, fridge magnets. Christ alive, I've never seen so many fridge (laughs) magnets.
0: They all have dinner together and, of course, some wine.
1: Supper, actually. Alex, they describe it as supper.
0: Apologies. Louis, afterwards, over a glass of wine, speculates about how the rape and indecent assault allegations came around. And Louis says that the Hamiltons have long had a hold on the public imagination And there's a sexual element to it
1: And the Hamiltons seem quite shocked by this There's a little bit of pearl clutching But then Louis says he's spoken to people about how he was doing something with the Hamiltons And they would say, oh, there's always been something funny about them Christine becomes quite animated at this point She's literally standing over the table saying she doesn't believe people would say that about them Maybe now, since these allegations have come out But not before, surely not before
0: She wants names She says, who said that?
1: She wants The The camera as this conversation is going on Slowly pans to the wine glass Louis is kind of then Slightly rambling Kind of pontificating on their relationship So he's saying that people think there's a secret At the heart of their relationship That no one knows Christine says it's called love (laughs) God I know
0: But she insists they're a normal happy married couple They're just normal men Just innocent normal married (laughs) men (laughs) And Louis asks, I think he ramps up to this. He's like, this is a bit of a weird thing to say. I'm just going to ask this. I don't know. There's not really a good way to ask this. I mean, are you sexually pretty normal? Which now looking at it is such a dated thing to ask because, of course, everybody's different. No kink shaming here. There's no such thing as sexually normal aside from paedophilia and such, which is a crime. But Christine insists, yes, we have no deviations and we've never had any problems
1: no sex plays we're british yeah neil says they're too boring to have deviations from the normal
0: deviations
1: good old-fashioned sex
0: just think of england sex. <laughs> uh, and then christine and neil show louis not to his bedroom but initially to their bedroom and the phrase that christine uses is if you get desperate in the night this is where we'll be
1: And then they wonder why there is this sexual dimension to their public image.
0: No deviations, just Louis Theroux sleeping in between us.
1: We go to where Louis will be staying, which is a fairly plush room. And we find out that this is where once Lady Margaret Thatcher herself had spent time. She hadn't slept there, but she did kind of occupy there,
0: was the idea. Did a number one.
1: Or maybe a number two.
0: Number two, unconfirmed. (laughs) but but used the toilet in some capacity, I think, is what happened.
1: I mean, she was a human being. She obviously did do defecations and stuff. So likelihood is, yes, she did.
0: I think Neil says something here about how, like the Queen, she doesn't have to.
1: I mean, I know she operated on very little sleep, but she needed to at least piss.
0: Yes. Please always use the toilet. Before bed, Christine offers Louis a sleeping tablet. I think probably six bottles of red will send him right off, Christine
1: i wrote at this point they are such fussy hosts they kind of leave louis and will in the room but they're still like you know where we are if you need anything within reason there's a whole pantomime to them even leaving
0: but they finally do monday morning dawns, and louis has slept in Of course, it's Louis, he's had some wine. But Neil is up early to search for alibi evidence, going through paperwork that they have and finding shopping receipts that prove that he or Christine were not anywhere near this person who's accused them of rape and sexual assault at the time when they said that they were.
1: They're a crack team of investigators in pyjamas.
0: Everyone is wearing such awful (laughs) pyjamas. You know how you have nice pajamas that you wear when you know you're going to see people and then you have like a really old in t-shirt and some boxers. Everyone's wearing the in pajamas that you don't wear in front of everyone.
1: This is real life. We see Neil rushing around. He's making phone calls. He's looking for CCTV footage. He's really gone down this full investigation route. And then we hear that he's on the phone clearly organizing another photo call with the press. They are kind of pulling all the strings on this. And Neil apparently has a plan with a banner for a website
0: like mum and son, Christine and Louis are eating their breakfast at the table while Neil's running around doing all of this and he's promising something very photographable, including the banner advertising his own website which talks about his past allegations as an MP and he basically wants to get people to look at that website in order for them to believe that he's innocent. But he's using his current scandal to advertise how the last scandal was not really a scandal
1: So in Neil's head this makes perfect sense. He's talking about how you know this will make the point that this isn't the first time that false allegations have been made about us Christine couldn't be less convinced by this argument
0: and Louis as well
1: Louis again is advising that he doesn't think this is a good idea says they should make a distinction between this and their other woes I think this is mainly because Louis like a lot of people believes the cash for questions scandal that Neil had some involvement and he just doesn't believe this one but Neil is adamant at this point no I
3: want I want to bring them together why Because we need to get people reading the website.
1: It's all about those clicks. We know that life.
0: (laughs) He was ahead of his time, to be fair.
1: And then suddenly the architect of this said website arrives. Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. (laughs) Oh, Jonathan. He's a man from the northwest. He's got this kind of long feather cut and he looks like he's cosplaying as someone from All the President's Men. And he kind of wanders in and instantly starts talking to Louis about how he's a local journalist and a supporter of the Hamiltons. Apparently he's dedicated the last four and a half years of his life to clear Neil's name.
0: Very normal behaviour.
1: And he's apparently published a book on it and he tells Louis he got to the truth of it. And then he has this kind of slightly smiley look on his face and he says...
3: The truth that the press wants to see buried... That's right. uh, They're not going to succeed. It will
0: come out, he says.
1: Do you want to know what Jonathan's book was called? Yes, please. Jonathan Boyd Hunt is his full name and his book was called Trial by Conspiracy, Story of How Muhammad Al-Fayed and the, quote, Guardian for an Innocent Man in the Dock and Why. One extract from the synopsis. If you thought that Orwell's 1984 nightmare could never come true, a world of centralized thought where the truth is a lie and the lie is the truth, then think again. It merely took an extra 10 years to arrive.
0: Yeah, so he put his entire career on the line for this book and this one story. It's almost like
1: Jonathan is the kind of blueprint for everyone who's been radicalised by the internet in the years since. Do you know what I mean? The the conversation he's having and the way he kind of expresses it is now every Facebook academic, people who talk about scamdemics and stuff like this, it's that same sort of language, but this is 2001.
0: Yeah, he radicalised himself.
1: (laughs) Congratulations, you (laughs) radicalised yourself
0: so neil says that sky are coming along again to broadcast the press conference slash banner holding live oh no and jonathan says the press interest now could be the best thing for the hamiltons because it could reignite the interest in the past allegations which he says are completely false He goes off on a bit of a loyal rant about neil he's very kind of finger pointy towards louis and then at the end he goes
3: so print that
0: clearly paying attention to the fact this is a documentary.
1: Jonathan, it's a TV show, you dick.
0: Louis asks Neil, would you like to be back in Parliament? Where Jonathan says Neil belongs. And Neil kind of thinks about it for a little while and goes, mm, in some ways, yes. I think Neil's quite happy with
1: his life at the fringes of the celebrity world. They're then discussing how this banner is going to work. Jonathan is kind of coaching Neil, like the last thing they'll want to do is put this banner in shot. They'll want you and Christine close together. So I brought in someone else who we find out is called David, who will kind of marshal you to stay apart at all times. So they get this banner shot, essentially.
0: David arrives he's someone who read Jonathan's book and then became a supporter joined on to the cause was radicalized by Jonathan's book potentially and then Louis and Jonathan start to argue about whether or not the banner is a good idea Louis says it looks opportunistic and Jonathan says well why not be opportunistic
1: But we finally get to see the URL, which they haven't said out loud yet, which I assumed it's because it was shite. And it is -is www.neil-hamilton-is-innocent.com. It's no longer live, unfortunately. But I did find it on the Wayback Machine, and it was live until around 2016. The copy has changed a bit over time, but initially it started, a vengeful Egyptian billionaire took a mischievous sideswipe at the British Conservative government that had refused him British citizenship. So this is how Jonathan portrays what happened, Neil, And it links through to another website from Jonathan, which is called www.guardianlies.com. Dot com, which is still actually a live website today but maybe they thought this one was slightly a bit too attacky for the news and didn't do neil any favors just at this moment of jonathan's pr peak he is taken away sadly he won't be there for the banner unveiling because we find out he is working at the airport as a lorry driver he's got to be off for a medical
0: louis says oh so you're not working as a journalist just now and jonathan says no I can't get a job. Nobody wants someone like him who he says is prepared to stick his neck out.
1: Cuts to the kitchen with Christine, who had no real interaction with Jonathan that we saw on camera, now telling David, the other man who arrived, that she doesn't want to hold this banner. She thinks it's kind of a bit silly. And then David has the realisation that Jonathan has left and he says, this is idiotic. <laughs>
0: And then Neil's confused about why Jonathan's gone as well.
1: Everyone's confused. He had a medical, God's sake. But this is absolute chaos at this point. Sky is ringing and asking if they're still planning to go out.
0: It's actually Louis who answers the phone to Lee from Sky and says, they'll be out in a minute. Again, that boundary is just gone. He's their PA now.
1: David is then on the driveway, laying the banner down on the floor. But I don't understand why he's doing that. Neil heads out to go rescue the banner, which is now lying on the pavement, completely unattended, but is accosted by a local radio station, which has arrived with complimentary t-shirts for them, assuming to promote the station.
0: Read the room, guys. Pick your moments. What's going on? He's up on a rape charge. I can't understand this. So Neil and Christine eventually walk outside to speak to Sky News with no banner. The banner is not there. And Louis and Will follow them. And then we switch to the BBC News footage at the time with Neil and Christine in the foreground. You can see Louis and Will behind, walking normally at first and then realizing that they're in shot, and then trying to do that gif of Homer Simpson going backwards <laughs> into the hedge. That is essentially what Louie's trying to do here. They're so center stage in this. Even Will now, not just Louie.
1: So Neil's telling the press he's assembling documentary evidence to disprove the allegations, but he's not ready to publish it just yet, but he will in due course. I think he's kind of making this up on the spot because he's now without his banner, which was going to be his big thing.
0: And by documentary evidence, does he mean a bit of CCTV of Christine going to Marks and Spencer's?
1: And some receipts. It's going to blow this case wide open.
0: And then they pose for some photos, their favourite, walking hand in hand. And you can hear all of the photographers shouting instructions. "Walk slower, head up, look forward. It's like they're on the red carpet or something.
1: Somewhere in a lorry in an airport, Jonathan is seething with anger as he watches this footage.
0: Where's the banner? Stay apart.
1: Louis walks back up with them up the garden path to the house. And he says it was much better without that silly banner. And I wrote, Christine always wins. If Christine doesn't want it to happen, there was no way that was going to happen.
0: Louis adds, you should listen to me more often. And Neil agrees that Louis is a good media advisor. Could have been an entirely different career path he could have gone down here.
1: So do you want to know what happened to Jonathan?
0: Oh, I I don't know. I think I do, but I feel like it's going to make me sad.
1: No, this is fantastic. Alex, <laughs> okay. this is, I'm so excited by this. So as mentioned, Jonathan wrote his book, Trial by Conspiracy. He put so much time into this not long after the Louis documentary airs. So in 2002, he sues Granada for a sustained news blackout of his investigations and findings.
0: They were his employer, weren't they?
1: That's right. So that's one thing. He hasn't really moved on. He's still kind of tweeting about BBC bias and left-wing bias in the media. But the absolute best bit. <laughs> So we move from Jonathan Boyd Hunt to Beyonce's Instagram.
0: What? <laughs> Wait, what? What?
1: A photo from 2021 on Beyonce's Instagram shows her in front of a bookshelf. In a kind of stately home And the Telegraph journalist James Cook tweeted about this saying I'm curious about the circumstances that led to Beyonce posing on Instagram next to a bookshelf That includes a book about Neil Hampton's 1994 cash for questions scandal (laughs) And it really is Jonathan's book is in this bookshelf behind Beyonce in this photo shoot
0: He's made it, that's incredible exposure That's better than the website banner
1: It's amazing He's got Beyonce on board
0: I wonder if she read it Think she had a skim through
1: We're back in the Hamilton mobile.
0: Listening to classical music and all kind of conducting.
1: Air conducting. This could not get more middle class if it tried. They're heading to Christine's mother's house. And Christine's mother is known as granny to the whole family. So they're all watching the previous press call from the other day. And granny shares her opinion, as many mothers do. Says she doesn't want them to be the media.
0: Sorry, it's the media?
1: (laughs) The media. And Christine says, well, it just can't be avoided.
0: Plus, Louis chips in helpfully. It's your job now to appear on TV.
1: And Granny continues, well, no matter how much they're paying you, I don't like it. She says...
2: It's no see, good Christine, wishing back... You are being criticised,
0: both of you.
2: I know. For seeking publicity. I
1: know.
2: All this is going on camera. Yes, yes but this is... How can you deny that you don't? No, we do seek no, publicity. Mommy, that's... We do are seeking publicity now, because we want to put our side we of the story. <laughs>
1: She then says, once the scandal came out, they should have given Louis his marching orders. She says that with him sitting right there. And this is the point where he kind of pipes in and's is like, uh, I agree with granny up to a point.
0: Uh. <laughs> he's also wearing this jumper, which I very much like, but makes him again, look a bit more like a teenager. And then he's kind of slouched in granny's living room.
1: It's a bit like Anthony from the Royal Family, the way he's like, that in like a very kind of sporty jumper. I think it's good that we're still doing the documentary. It's good for you. It's good for me.
0: But it's not good for the <laughs> Louis points out the documentary won't air for several months, so it won't affect anything right now. And Granny says, well, it's just going to dredge it all back up again. She's probably right, to be fair. She says that it's the last straw that it's all going on tape. And she's giving Louis and Will both quite a hard time talking about the media circus and saying she doesn't believe a word that they say.
1: Louis says, easy. (laughs) And Granny just goes, sorry, darling, I'm not going easy for you. And they both kind of nervously laugh about it. She's then pointing at Will behind the camera and going, he's part of the media too. He's sitting there trying to look innocent. And it feels like Granny is doing what they should have all been doing all along, which is re-establishing the boundaries. But Louis, ever the martyr. No, he's all right. Will's all right.
0: I promise you. Blame
1: me it's really funny that she's the best advice that they've received so far not jonathan
0: not the lawyer not any of the people who probably should have advised them she comes off as a bit preachy but yeah she probably is the most straight talking person in this documentary but they don't listen to her no Sadly, 20 years on, the wise granny is no longer with us. In part two of our chat with the Hamiltons, Christine talks about treasuring that footage of her late mother. And we also get into some of the gruelling challenges the couple have survived since filming, including the celebrity jungle and lunch with Nigel Farage. So you said that there were bits that kind of ended up on the cutting room floor. Is there anything that we didn't see on screen that you wish had been put into the final documentary?
2: There were some more priceless bits about my mother, who wasn't having anything to do with Louis. I don't believe a word you say, etc., etc. And there were some more magic moments from her, which now she's gone, I would love to see again. That reminds me, I'll get on to Louis again. I bet he hasn't done anything about it. I'll see if I can G him up. But Louis and Will, Will rang up and said, can we come round and show you the finished version? And I thought, well, if they're prepared to sit down with us and watch it, it can't be that bad. There were things that are in there that I wish they hadn't put in.
1: So, at the very end of the documentary, you go for a meal with Louis. Christine, you talk about walking out the door and disappearing into oblivion, completely disappearing from public life. Was that ever really an option?
2: (laughs) No. uh, Well, in a way, it wasn't because when was that? It was 2001. And we had memorably both lost our jobs and our income in 1997. And we were beginning to make our way in entertainment, showbiz, the media, goodness knows what. It's how we were making a living. Mm. Frankly, Louis was just another job. So there wasn't really an option, no, because I'm not sure what else we would have done. And also, in a funny, perverse way, that re-aroused interest in us. And, I mean, the following year I did um, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, which I think possibly they wouldn't have come to me if we hadn't had that manic burst of whatever the previous year. And that proved to be a very good thing for me to do, because suddenly, instead of people seeing me the way the media had portrayed me, which was frankly pretty good a sort of um, bit of a gorgon. Somebody once said that to describe Christine Hamilton as Lady Macbeth is to insult Lady Macbeth. People were able to see that actually I'm perfectly normal and human and quite fun and I've got a sense of humour and kind to animals and all that sort of thing. So it turned around the public's perception, which was um, very fortunate.
3: Yeah, I mean, Louis helped to make the transition of the Hamiltons from villains into victims. And the the, the way in which, you know, various traumatic events were filmed in you know, very obviously genuine circumstances, I think did change public perceptions. And you know, we in fact turned ourselves into an industry, if you like.
2: Do you know, we've had such fun. Uh, and I sometimes tremble when I think that I might have spent the last 20 years stuck in boring old politics. Hooray for a much more interesting and fun and varied life. And we've got some wonderfully eclectic friends now, which we probably wouldn't have had because we wouldn't have met them.
1: But Neil, you did go back into politics. Did you ever expect that at the time after this point? You kind of describe yourself as like an object of curiosity at that point. You're kind of in a bit of a lull almost before this kind of everything kicked off. Did you think you would go back into politics or did you think that was a completely done part of your life at that point?
3: No, I thought that that was a closed chapter in 2001 when we were filming with Lit With Louie. Although, strangely enough, the following year, um, everything started to open up again. As, uh, Nigel Farage invited Christine and me to have lunch with him. We'd never met him before, because he's nothing like as well-known in those days as he is now. He was one of UKIP's three MEPs at that time. And uh, so we went off and had a jolly lunch with him uh, at a restaurant in, in Westminster. And it turned out he wanted us both to be candidates in the next European elections, which were going to be in 2004. As UKIP candidates, we had to turn him down because at that stage, politics and comedy and entertainment, especially if you're a right-winger, don't go together very easily. And our priority was to make a living, rebuild our fortunes and get on with the rest of our lives. For the next five or six years, I still thought that I was never going to go back into elected politics. But after our our three-bottle lunch with Nigel, I thought the least we could do for turning him down was to join UKIP, sending our 30 quid in each. So I joined UKIP, and Nigel asked me if I would speak up and down the country with him, and I enjoyed doing that from time to time. And then in about 2010, I decided I could actually have a go at getting back into mainstream politics.
1: Do you still speak to Louis?
2: Yes, yes. In fact, Louis was asked on a programme, a time Flies, it might even have been the Christmas before last, um, who would your your sort of ideal dinner companions be? And he chose us, which I thought was rather fun. Of all the people he's met and all the people he could have said, uh, he said uh, the Hamiltons.
0: (laughs) I think we're both very curious. Was there any interest in Posh Nosh after the documentary came out?
2: (laughs) There was a bit, but not enough, I think is the answer. Yes. Oh, golly, I'd forgotten all about Posh Nosh, yes. <laughs> no, s-
3: sadly not. It's one of, one of the great missed opportunities of, of, of television, I think. <laughs> so they
0: get back in the car, go back to the Cheshire house. And then Louis and Neil start talking about something that hasn't really come up properly, which is Neil's bankruptcy and talking about how the Cheshire House is on the market. They're going to sell it to pay for Neil's lawyers. And that's for the earlier scandal. So he says my half of the house will probably cover most of my lawyers bills. If you were bankrupt, would you not be very stressed about it? I think it would probably overtake my thoughts quite a lot of the time and I wouldn't be able to just be bantering around drinking wine and conducting an imaginary orchestra.
1: Also, maybe this is just me being in Egypt, but I would assume a bankruptcy would mean some sort of drop-in lifestyle. There is no immediate drop-in lifestyle for the Hamiltons here
0: mad how that seems to happen for certain types of uk politicians isn't it
1: oh indeed so while we're kind of discussing this we cut around the house and we see a shot of neil's books one of them is enoch powell's a nation not afraid which kind of hints again and we see this a little bit throughout that underneath this very middle class suburban english exterior there's this very right-wing element
0: Christine comes into the room and is also talking about the bankruptcy. She's very upset that the people who are kind of investigating them for the bankruptcy want to know about joint earnings and want to know about her earnings. She says, I'm not bankrupt. Why do they need to know anything about me? That's none of their business. It's the most upset we've seen her about this so far, but she's far more worried about it than Neil appears to be. And he's the one who's bankrupt.
1: But Christine kind of does this in bursts. She has these very dramatic moments and then will instantly come out of it. Even at the end of this, she quickly cuts to, oh, anyway, I'm making supper, so that should be ready soon. The last night in Cheshire, as it's described. Louis's voiceover, caveats from the very start. After the stress of the past couple of days and somewhat under the influence, I possibly over-relaxed.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, dear. <laughs> this shot louis sitting on a sofa as close to the arm of the sofa as you can get there's no space between him and the arm of the sofa and then christine's sitting on the arm of the sofa on louis leaning on him you know they're both drinking wine and louis doesn't even really look awkward
1: about it he sat like a crash test dummy he couldn't be any more static
0: Christine is saying that without joking and laughing around the scandals that they've been through, she doesn't think her and Neil would have got through it all. So she's trying to justify their banter and their silly behaviour. But that's not really what we're all thinking about at this point, because Christine and Louis look like, you know, something's going to happen here. She tells Louis that Neil likes him. Neil's not in the room at this point, by the way. And then she says, I don't put my arm around everybody.
2: No. You like to flirt, don't you? Of
0: course I like to flirt.
1: And then she says, one of the best things about marriage is you can flirt outrageously and no one takes you seriously.
0: This conversation is so weird because it's happening when they are like physically so close together. But Louis asks, what first attracted Christine to Neil? And she says he was a romantic and an individual. He was tender, loving and caring. And then Neil walks into the room and Christine goes, oh my God, he's coming back up. So he'll get bananas if he hears me
2: talking. He'll probably get bananas if he sees us. Loving mm.
0: it. Darling, we're having a
2: little... Oh dear, we've been
1: caught out. Then she says, oh, but Neil knows my penchant for attractive men. Fuck, this is too
0: This <laughs> so
1: horrible. Then Neil does a comedy double take, like, oh, what's going on here sort of thing. And then he asks about coffee. Like, maybe we should sober you guys up a little bit.
0: Christine proposes that Louis didn't believe they were normal people before, but now he believes they are.
1: Yeah, she's talking about how he has to present an objective documentary at the end of this. And maybe he might be slightly contaminated by being so close to them now. Louis kind of tries to brush this off. He makes a fairly drunken joke like, does that look like an ordinary human being over there? And points at Neil, who is slouching on a beanbag, smoking a cigar at this point.
0: It really does feel like they're at some kind of student house party. It doesn't feel like the weight of everything that's happened to this point is anywhere near this conversation.
1: Well, speaking of student house parties, Louis says this kind of openly flirtatious nature is part of the problem. And he talks about the big story when Christine kissed that student. But I found an article from the early 2000s. The quick snog with Christine Hamilton ruined my love life. Exclusive. The kiss that made a shy student famous. And apparently this is a young 19-year-old student at Oxford called Will Goodhand, who attended an event where the Hamiltons were speaking, which was part of the Conservative Association at the university. And apparently then she kisses him while flirting with everyone outrageously. And this is written a few years later. And it says, today, the 22-year-old law graduate still remembers. The clinch that landed him across front pages of the newspapers and dealt a serious blow to his love life. I haven't had a proper girlfriend since, Will laments.
0: I don't know if you can blame everything on that, Will, but okay.
1: From the full account, it sounded like it was quite a boozy evening after this speech and things potentially got out of hand. But it didn't put Will off the Conservative Party, you'll be pleased to know, and he did run for MP in Middlesbrough in 2015. He was defeated.
0: Ah, oh, sorry, mate. You'd just have to own the Christine Hamilton kiss thing, wouldn't you?
1: He was still interviewed about it in 2014. So this has clearly been a very defining thing in Will's life.
0: So they're talking about that. They're talking about Christine touching Louis' knee now. And she says, it's okay. She just likes him. It's just friendship. And that's okay. This is very much like an inner monologue coming out where she's desperately trying to justify the fact that she fancies Louis.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's holding on to his knee and she says, I kind of like you. It's awful, isn't it? It's so bizarre.
0: But Louis escapes unscathed, goes to bed. And then two hours later, we see Christine and Neil go to bed, looking so extremely on another planet by this point.
1: I love the fact that they chose a Tom Waits song to play in the background of this, by the way. I think it's a track from Swordfish Trombones
0: christine decides she's gonna look in on louis while he sleeps so he's no memory of this but obviously will is filming it and uh yeah she pops her head in and says he's flat out and
1: then louis on the voiceover afterwards wonders if christine is being affectionate or maybe she is playing a good game trying to win his influence <laughs>
0: the next morning christine doubles down potentially trying to save face brings louis a cup of tea in the bathroom he's there brushing his teeth or shaving or whatever with a towel wrapped around himself and uh, she brings him a cup of tea and asks him for a kiss which he obliges and louis says in the voiceover i feared i was losing
1: my bearings as a journalist i felt more like a visiting son of neil and christine louis hamilton which is absolutely hilarious
0: he only now feels like he's losing his bearings.
1: So we cut to the breakfast table where Louis Hamilton and his mum and dad are sitting reading the papers and we kind of get a glimpse of the, one of the papers. And again, so this is like four days after the thing broke and it's Today's Guide to the Hamilton Circus, pages four, five, six, eight, and 11. How are they stringing this out for this much coverage? It's insane.
0: Maybe they're just making the font really big.
1: But it's all got very meta because now the conversation has turned away from the accusations, which Louis says most people don't really believe, now into their relationship with the media. Uh, This has now become the story. So it's now the pictures of the Hamiltons and then all the cameras around them and all they're doing to court the press. And unfortunately, they have another media call planned, which definitely won't help.
0: Christine's got these giant bouquets of flowers in the kitchen and she's asking Louis do you think I should take these out for the pictures should I carry these while I'm getting my picture taken Louis says no go out and wave the receipts as in the ones that prove she has an alibi and end this that's very Jonathan she gets really upset she's really emotional where she's like I'm just overwhelmed by all of this she's slamming the flowers down back into the sink it's like you said she has these little moments where she just has to let it all out and this is one of them But it does feel like Louis triggered this. I feel like she kind of wants his approval or wants him to come around to her way of thinking. Like you were saying, things only happen the way Christine wants them to, in a way.
1: Exactly. It's kind of taken the power out of her control because now the more she courts the media and plans these orchestrated press calls, the more it feeds into their narrative that they are attention seekers. And she says she's sick of it. She's had enough, but doesn't really feel like she has. Then suddenly the flowers are back. The Hamiltons have gone out for their press call. Christine is still crying. She's very upset. And they're sat on a bench, huddled together with these flowers as Christine cries. Potentially looking for sympathy, but feels like this is making it worse. And then comes the revelation. She asks the press, do you want to know who these flowers came from? Sue Nichols, who plays Audrey in Coronation Street. There's your name drop.
0: Come on, come on. How can she try and say that she doesn't want attention and she's not perpetuating this? I mean, it's ridiculous.
1: I was kind of like, why is Audrey sending her flowers? But apparently Sue Nicholls' father was a former Conservative MP for Peterborough who was known as Lord Harmar Nicholls. Her full title is the Honourable Susan Nichols. But obviously, she has massive appeal as Audrey. Coronation Street is the most popular soap in the land in the early 2000s. So it's kind of like the woman of the people, Audrey, is on my side.
0: So back inside, Christine says she can't win. and louis says maybe it's good to show vulnerability but he keeps noticing the photographers and cameramen swinging around and capturing all of the other cameras he says maybe it's a circus that feeds on itself so basically what he's saying is just fucking stop no more
1: partly but then he's also kind of pontificating about maybe we're part of this media circus too louis you're the ringmaster
0: But then I think quite suddenly we just go to a two weeks later police drop the investigation into Neil and Christine and then at Neil and Christine's London flat Louis says suddenly after this media frenzy there's no press Louis turns up and he's brought some champagne he says I thought we could celebrate and Christine is concerned that the BBC don't pay Louis enough for champagne and Louis says it wasn't expensive which means he's getting paid too much I would say
1: Christine then starts reading out another newspaper column saying the charges were widely discredited. The woman was apparently characterised by her own husband as a fantasist, but then moves on to saying deeply unattractive as the Hamiltons are. It seems impossible to imagine them in a lurid sex case. Louis confuses this as the Hamiltons are too unattractive to be sexually active in any way. But I think that's not really what was being said. He says, I've seen swingers. They're not attractive. shut
0: up. Poor swingers. Poor swingers. Feel bad for all those people. And yeah, the paper goes on and accuses the Hamilton's of stirring up the media circus to their advantage.
1: It does feel like they kind of caught the situation which was thrown on them more than they stirred it themselves. So I, I do think it's harsh to say that they deserve less sympathy because of that.
0: Also, the press were all there taking the photos in the media circus and then they'll condemn them for taking part in that. So
1: yeah. Yeah. So the Hamiltons and little baby Louis Hamilton cheers the end of the investigation.
0: They toast to not being on bail.
1: And so Louis is going to take his mum and dad out for a meal and they go to Café Rouge. No expense spared.
0: Louis says in the voiceover that The Hamiltons have plans to sue the press for libel, as they were discussing earlier. They also want to sue the police and the women who made the allegations. They've already started proceedings against her. And he says it seems like an odd decision if they want kinder treatment from the press. But like you say, if they've been wrong, they deserve the same kind of justice as anyone else.
1: Christine uses the accuser's name for the first time on camera. Louise Milroy or Nadine Sloan. The woman was sentenced to three years in jail following this accusation. And then Max Clifford, who had acted for the woman who was known as Nadine Milroy-Sloan, settled paying the Hamiltons an undisclosed sum for his involvement in the case.
0: Christine agrees with Louis about the libel situation. Louis saying, quit now while you're ahead. And she says, yeah, I think we should just draw a line under all of this and move on. Neil says it's a possibility. And Christine says she doesn't want to pursue legal stuff. But they do have the power to fight back. And they also have the power on the platform to fight for other people who've been wrongly accused.
1: As Louis says it seems a bit sanctimonious and you do have to agree with him it's kind of like not for us we're doing it for everybody who's ever been wronged by the media we're going to continue to generate interest in this. Christine is clearly a little bit pissed off. She storms off. Louis thinks she's possibly leaving she's actually gone to get more bread I don't think she'd ever actually just walk out on Louis.
0: She's gone to cut herself more bread (laughs) like she like lives at this restaurant. And she comes back and slams it down on the table.
1: Then tells Louis...
2: If if the Hamiltons are demanding money to appear on television, that's part of the cause and everybody believes that. If the Hamiltons are actually saying that they want to try and do something that's worthwhile and good, you tell me that's sanctimonious. Well, thank you, Louis.
0: Neil cuts her off to make some bad joke and she loses her train of thought she gets very angry with him but they both seem like they're past their best to be honest they're both a bit drunk neil jokingly points at the camera and says cut cut turn that thing off and then he consoles christine and they leave the restaurant and the voiceover louis says the hamilton melodrama will continue probably to smaller audiences but his role was at an end and they put him in a taxi christine kisses louis a lot And Louis says that he admires their perseverance, but he wonders if they've convinced themselves that there's no other choice than the life that they're living.
1: Cut to the credits and we have a kind of sequence where we see Louis in all the press footage. (laughs) He's referred to as Lurking Louis and their geeky pal at one point, which is quite funny.
0: He was so... Compromised. Yeah, caught up in all of it.
1: Absolutely. I admire that they didn't, cut that out he didn't have to put all that in so maybe he's kind of owning it to some extent i think he is compromised and i think that's slightly wrong but i think it's interesting that he doesn't hide that i suppose what happened to the hamiltons well there's lots that happens but essentially after the documentary aired there was an article in the guardian apparently christine hamilton was taken aback by her quote mrs robinson moment Christine continues to be in the media limelight for years to come. She's described herself as a media butterfly. She was on Have I Got News For You in 2002. She came third in I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out Of Here in 2002. She reached the final of Celebrity MasterChef in 2010. She's done a number of pantomime appearances. They even did an Edinburgh Fringe show together, Lunch With The Hamiltons, which was at the Pleasant Stone in 2006. In 2006, also, they released their own World Cup song, England Are Jolly Dear. Alex, I can't express to you how bad this song is.
0: Oh, my God. We're going to play it. We're going to play it now. England in Germany.
1: England at football.
2: And scoring goals.
1: She was also the face of British Sausage Week in 2005. She judged... <laughs> She judged Mr. (laughs) Gay Torbay in 2009. And she also legally changed her name by depot to Mrs. British Battleaxe in 2009 as a publicity stunt for an online deed service company. She later regretted that decision, apparently. What? Yeah, Neil's the same. So after this, he leaves the Conservative Party in 2002 and joins UKIP that year. In 2011, he returns to politics and was elected to the National Executive Committee of UKIP. He was then eventually elected in the National Assembly of Wales, the Senedd. He was then defeated in 2021 and now has gone on to become UKIP's national leader. He's the leader of UKIP, a party which no one is paying any attention to anymore, I'm afraid. And of course, their life went on to inspire the Broadway musical Hamilton, which is, you know, some achievement. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Neil and Christine Hamilton Neil and Christine Hamilton
0: oh, Don't give them ideas for another Friend show for fuck's sake Okay Matt, we'll end the way we always end, are you going to dub this good Louis or bad Louis?
1: I'm going to dub this absolutely good Louie with a bad Louis centre <laughs> Because it's great. It's a great documentary. It's so interesting. And it goes from being so kind of mundane to jacked up to incredible levels very quickly. It's exciting. You see the inside of a media scandal as it unravels and all the kind of ways they try and coordinate that from the inside. So that privileged access makes for it really great TV. But there is no way that this is an objective look at this subject.
0: But I think, I hope that maybe Louis looks back on it and goes... Yeah, kind of fucked up there a little bit.
1: I think he would. I think he would.
0: And it didn't do much for Louis's liver either, I'd imagine.
1: It is like with Nell and I, this one. It is intensely alcoholic. Thanks for listening. If you like this, go check out our previous visits into the weird world of Through, and subscribe to get all future episodes wherever you get podcasts. We also love hearing from you. So drop us a comment or message at alltherouxpod on Instagram or Twitter. Angels on your bodies!